in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers that analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show, some know as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and the one that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Tom Cruise to your Dakota fanning, and that I guess we're being invaded somehow by aliens or something. That is correct, Chris. We are going to be talking about the alien-human hybrid invasion of Earth that is taking place right now as we speak. Ooh. Well, it's a very good invasion because I had no idea it was happening. The best invasions are like that, Chris. It's like a Trojan horse. You don't even know there's a bunch of dudes inside of that giant horse. You know what I mean? Yeah, those humans that look like humans but they aren't actually humans they're actually referred to as hubrids by our boy david jacobs Ooh, i don't like hubrids hubrids now this is a what day month is nine that is september right september 24th 2015 interview with art bell and david jacobs on midnight in the desert Ooh, Midnight in the Desert, too. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So as a reminder, Midnight in the Desert is an internet radio show that Art did. Uh, So this is an internet feed, which is why sometimes there is a bit of a lag. It's sort of like a Zoom uh, conversation. So uh, you might hear a hiccup or two in the audio. It's pretty rare. I cut most of it out, but you you may hear it. But yeah, we're going to be digging into that today, Chris. So it should be very exciting. But before we get to that, a little... Check in with our good friend Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim time! From Tim. Scottish paranormal researcher issues eerie warning about impending Nessie search. Haven't we given up on Nessie? Uh, Isn't the Loch Ness Monster dead? You may have given up on Nessie, Chris. I will never give up on Nessie. Okay. All right. I was just... I can't believe, one, we still have people doing whatever searches on it and then two that a paranormal researcher thinks they could get some credit for i have a really bad feeling about this y'all nessie is a gentle giant okay and i will always support the search for nessie i didn't say anything about it being gentle or not it's more just the whole thing's a little silly at this point well let's find out what's going on and then we can uh, make our our determination you're right A paranormal researcher in Scotland has raised concerns about an exhaustive search for the Loch Ness Monster that is set to be held later this month, as he believes that it could inadvertently unleash a whirlpool of evil. I'm really excited to find out what exhaustive means. They're really going to figure this. This is the one, Chris. This is the time they're going to find Nessie. We're finally going to do it. We've had really a decade now of some of the most high-tech capturing material everyone has a cell phone these days lotness isn't that big and there's cameras all around it like they have live feeds if you want to try and look for nessie yourself yeah okay but keep going please a whirlpool of evil is in quotes by the way just so everyone knows okay The unsettling warning was reportedly put forward by Ron Halliday, who has studied and written about the world of high strangeness for three decades. I just thought about this. Do you think Whirlpool is a reference to Pokemon because the Loch Ness Monster is much like a Lapras who would do the move Whirlpool? I don't think so, Chris. I don't. (laughs) In response to the recent announcement of a massive multifaceted hunt for the famed Loch Ness Monster scheduled for the end of August, the seasoned paranormal researcher mused, quote, I'm not convinced this search is a good idea. Do we learn what makes it not a good idea, Paul? You think Tim's going to leave a saying here, Chris? I hope not. 
His reasoning for this uneasiness is that there is little evidence that we're dealing with a flesh and blood creature, that something far more sinister could be lurking in Loch Ness Lake. Now, this is interesting. I I hadn't considered that we're dealing with an extra dimensional creature here. For potentially a demon of some sort, which I don't want to say demon because, like I said, gentle giant, maybe an angelic creature. Or maybe neutral. Could be neutral. Maybe just trying to live its life. Maybe more of a trickster being. What if Nessie is the Leviathan? That could be it. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, let's make this real biblical. To that end, he argued that the more likely scenario is that the monster is some kind of unknown spirit form. With that in mind, Halliday went on to warn us that the extensive event, which could see hundreds of people plant themselves around the iconic site looking for the famed cryptid that weekend, may be stirring up a whirlpool of evil. Though what form that might take is anyone's guess. We're really getting somewhere right now because all these people using the collective thought conscious could manifest a being accidentally open up a portal that may or may not already exist in this naturally created lake it could just be a crack in all of the mind energy that will be shot towards the lake at the same time it may widen that crack who knows and may accidentally allow a nessie like creature to enter through it, therefore manifesting the very thing we were all hoping to see, Paul. Chicken or egg, man? Was Nessie always there, or did we make Nessie? Who really knows? Who really knows? Citing these concerns, the paranormal researcher has actually called for the search to be canceled, quote, or at the very least, offer some kind of psychic protection bestowed upon the participants in the hunt. I guarantee you he is offering his services for that protection. I want to be there when he bestows his protection upon the onlookers. Please. Do you think he goes with something pretty dramatic, something with a little bit of flair, or does he just kind of say, and now you're protected? I think it's going to be some sort of crank shit where he's just going to have like sage and like a... a bird feather and just be waving it around or something like that like he has no real ritual he's just kind of like making it up off what he's seen from tv yeah i like that i I like the making it up idea (laughs) you just start chanting random stuff whatever you know just gobbledygook yeah as one might imagine the organizers of the epic headline making events have no intention of pulling the plug on the gathering despite the paranormal researchers warning quote Whilst we appreciate the offer of psychic protection, Paul Nixon of the Loch Ness Monster Center said, we are confident our robust safety procedures will ensure a positive weekend for all involved. When you come off nerdier and more dumb than the Loch Ness Monster Society, you got an, you got an issue, my dude. I just love that there is an organization, though. That makes me really happy. Of course there is. Can I support... I want to donate money to the Loch Ness Monster Center because I think they're doing the Lord's work. What a great Christmas gift. (laughs) On behalf of you, Chris, I will donate in your name to the Loch Ness Monster Center. Yeah, donate like $25 to the Loch Ness Monster Society. Yeah, you ain't getting shit for Christmas. That's what you're getting. It's going to be great. Maybe that's what we'll do with the excess Patreon money once we pay for our own needs. Maybe the excess will pick like a paranormal society to bequeath some coast-to-coast PM money on. You know, when we get to that point, Chris, we'll talk about it. But right now, 100% is going back into the podcast. And speaking of Patreon, I think it's time for some housekeeping. You can support the show at patreon.com slash coast to coast PM link will be in the show notes. We try to uh, get about three extra episodes a month is what we've been pacing on right now. So you can check that out. We have eight so far that you can listen to $2 a month is the lowest tier that you can sign up for. So go ahead and support us there. That's the only way to support the show. We don't want to do ads. We hate ads. So help keep us ad free and keep us on the air at patreon.com slash coast coast PM. Uh, you can also email me at c2cpmpod at gmail.com with your thoughts, 
and episode requests. Uh, we always love episode requests, so send that in. And if you want to find us on Reddit, uh, R Coast to Coast PM, and on Twitter, C2C PM Pod. And that will be it, Chris. Are you ready to jump to the episode? I'm very excited to hear about these hybrids, dude. I actually find hybrid theory to be very interesting and in that there's all these alien hybrids walking around. I'd really like to know more about them. Well, let's jump in, Chris. Uh, so to start off, we're not going to get right into hybrids. We've got to kind of lay a foundation here. Uh, and Art kicks it off with complimenting David Jacobs for not trusting aliens because there's too many of these fools out here who think aliens are here to do good. Art doesn't think so, and neither does David, so he appreciates that. Everybody else thinks it's kumbaya time, and um, they come down to advise us every now and then on our poor ecological maintenance of the planet. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's just, well, it's unfortunate. I, I just never get that. I, I never have gotten it. And, and uh, even Bud Hopkins didn't get that. He might have gotten it a couple of times, but the majority of the times he never got that. And uh, it's it's all a matter of the agenda that one has going into the session. It's all a matter of the questions that are asked, and uh, and the ability for the person who's doing the questioning to to analyze what those questions mean, as opposed to just accepting them at face value. Who is Bud Hopkins, Paul? He's gonna he's gonna mention a shit ton of names, dude. I didn't look. Up okay, all you didn't yeah. look up all the names. No. All right, so he's just a name dropper. He's a he's a gigantic name dropper. Okay, so what do you think? So are you are you more in line in, with this idea that if aliens come, they're going to be antagonistic? I sort of am, but I go back and forth constantly. If I'm being honest, I like to think kind of the Star Trek hypothesis of. If you have gotten this far, you probably have figured something out and you're probably not a completely like insane species. But then also I think of the book Ender's Game sometimes where there's a giant hive mind and it is possible that uh, a unified species could rise out of the ranks that is incredibly nefarious. So I, I think it could... Well, Paul, and to argue against your framing of that, I would think the buggers would argue that they didn't know what they were doing was nefarious because in their own world's morality, what they were doing was just like knocking on the door and saying, hey, we're in the neighborhood and they were killing hundreds of humans. That is a good point, but I think there is a possibility... You're, you're right. It's not a perfect analogy for Ender's Game, but something like that could arise out of the ranks that is yeah. nefarious, even if it wasn't necessarily the buggers. I think it's going to be one of the biggest issues if we mm -hmm. run into other species is the morality dance that is going to have to play out between two very different intelligent beings. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be in trouble. Um, and for additional context for uh, the commentary from David, he does a ton of interviews with alien abductees. So he's going to refer to them as abduct abductees. These are people who have been taken by aliens a ton of times. He talks to them under hypnosis. He interviews them. And that's where he gets his hubris theories from. All right. And we're not really going to comment on any of that. Well, what do you mean? Well, we, I feel like we've done the hypnosis and everything like that. We're, let's just like focus on his theory. Yeah, I'm going to let him just talk. I think yeah. everyone knows how I feel about hypnosis and yes. that I don't trust it at all. Yeah. But I think this guy's really fun. Let's keep going. So we're going to let it fly. Uh, so Art asks about people that get messages and how often abductees actually get messages. Because a lot of times when you hear somebody got abducted, it's like the aliens told me we need to have peace on Earth, right? We've heard it many times already in our year, right? Yeah. Like, they get told something. I mean, the one lady got a map. Yeah, exactly. So how many times do abductees actually get messages? None. There's no such thing as a message, in my opinion. Abduct uh, people don't come from a, tri a trillion, zillion miles away to, uh, uh, to, to give somebody a message. 
that they will immediately forget because that's what the abduction phenomenon is all about. Logically, see, the, the message concept came from the contactees of the 1950s who, who basically were charlatans. Uh, the major ones, George Adamski and uh, Truman Bethroom and, and people who, who the audience probably never heard of. But uh, they were all the rage in the 1950s, and they, they got on flying saucers, and they took trips to the... Dang, coming after the early 50s, bros. Dude, he starts lighting people up. That's kind of why I like him so much. He's just like, everyone else is full of it. I know the truth. I got the real juice. They're all liars. They're all liars, dude. And he gives us some charlatan examples as well that I thought were pretty funny, if you want to hear them. Let's go. They were all the rage in the 1950s, and they, they got on flying saucers, and they took trips to the various planets. Uh, one guy, Howard Menger, took a trip to the moon. He got out on the moon's surface. The air was there was just like the air you and I breathe. He had dinner with the king of the moon, you know. And other ones go to Venus, and it's wonderful, and it's great. Uh, it's a paradise on Venus. So, uh, sort of forgetting to talk about the uh, fact that it's 800 degrees on Venus. <laughs> um, and uh, um, there, there's, you know, this, these, and they were always left with a message. And the message was, you know, uh, we come in peace. It's great, and we all have to get together and uh, stop atomic bombs and kill communists. I do kind of buy, though, that let we'll say the abductees are happening, that their goal isn't to give humanity a message. And that's the thing that really bothers me about abductees who say they have a message is like, why would they pick like some asshole from Nebraska to give the world saving message to that just like. I just imagine that the aliens are smarter than that. They would need to talk to someone in power, not just some rando. Well, and I'm not even going to say bad things about the people of Nebraska. But just that, yeah, just like anybody else doing a job, you get friendly with the captives. I mean, this is a huge problem in prisons, is you befriend the prisoners. And so I, I can imagine that they're sitting there talking to him and it's like, I, listen, man, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're ruining your planet. That's not good. Nuclear weapons, that's not great. Like, uh, this is all easy stuff. You know what I mean? This isn't like mind-boggling, crazy, out-of-left-field stuff. It's just like, you should be nice to each other. Oh my god, the aliens are sending these crazy messages. Wait, I think that's pretty funny because usually when it's discussed, it's like the alien has chosen me to bring this message to humanity. Like with the Say Ray's agenda, remember that? Right. But what you're saying is that they're getting abducted and then it's just like a side thing of just like, hey, y'all should stop being such assholes. Yeah, dude, they're just like sharing a cigarette together, <laughs> you know, out in the prison yard. And it's like, how's your mom doing? Oh, my mom's doing great. How about yours? I haven't talked to her in a bit. I should reach out. You know, that's that is pretty funny to to think about. Um, but I do agree with him that it is pretty dumb for them to travel such a great distance and go through so much effort to abduct people. Like if we were to say the abduction experience is real, why would they go through that to just give someone a pretty lame generic message about world peace or being environmentally friendly? Like they more Paul, efficient gonna, ways to do Paul, that. I'm going to tell you, they wouldn't. They wouldn't, is what you're saying. They would not do that. They got to be harvesting our DNA for sure. Please tell me that's what they're doing. No spoilers. That's what they're doing. Okay, perfect. <laughs> we'll get there. Now, you may not know this, Chris, but abduction experiences actually start when you're a child and carry through adulthood. So that's something important to know. You have to understand that the abduction phenomenon begins in infancy and goes with great frequency all the way into old age. It stops somewhere in old age. We're not sure when, but uh, but uh, so people have hundreds and hundreds, and I know that sounds crazy, hundreds of abduction events. Uh, almost all abductees have that, that number of abduction events, and the concept of the message just is not there. It's, 
the setup is not for a message. The people are not special to be able to carry forth a message. Paul, I just got a quick idea, and I know we're not supposed to be poking holes in this. Mm -hmm. But if you're having hundreds of abductions since childhood, mm -hmm. wouldn't that probably more point to the idea that this may be some kind of mental illness? One, one may think potentially, Chris, that it could be a mental illness, yes. And not that they're being abducted hundreds of times in their lifetime. And, and that's something um, that he goes into is that people are constantly being abducted, like does not stop. But he he is convinced they are not mentally ill. Um, he has done interviews with them and says that this is indeed a real phenomenon. They're just being abducted over and over and over again. And that and this feeds into it being a mental illness is he says that it is inherited almost you're more likely to be an abductee if your parent or grandparent was an abductee yeah dude these are all people that suffer from night terrors yeah it's it's something that is passed through which is something that's passed through generations like mental illness and stuff like that um is passed through generations so that is a possibility if you wanted to poke holes which we don't want to do right so let's get back a, to it was just it was just a thought that came into my head. So, anyways, we don't we don't believe that. <laughs> what do we believe, Paul? It means that people are being abducted over and over again, Chris. Having yeah. four hundred abductions a year means nothing to me. It's standard stuff. Same thing with with abductees who are who are real abductees. You know, they they know they've been abducted throughout the course of their lives. They only may remember. Uh, maybe 20 events or, or maybe 30 and i have one woman who i worked with but i worked with on a daily basis almost who, who uh, we had a uh we talked about a hundred different events that had happened to her but she was being abducted a, a couple of times a week um and uh uh all these people wanted to stop all these people don't like it they want to get rid of it professor you know, I, i've got to say if i was being abducted 400 times a year no, i'm not sure uh, a lifetime even. in a lifetime 400 times i'm not sure i could maintain my sanity which probably is in doubt when you claim abduction anyway wait this guy's a professor yeah of what so david jacobs is a professor of history at temple university that's kind of a real job yeah yeah okay he has a real job yeah keep going okay so these abductions, Chris, you're just getting this one chick was being abducted multiple times a week. Like what? That's out of control, Paul. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, this is this is crazy pants. Inexplicable. That, that people are getting the same people are getting abducted. Why would they need to be abducted that many times? Yeah, that's a good question. Let's get into what actually happens during the abduction, and that may shed some light on why this is necessary at all, because it, it feels incredibly unnecessary. Skeptical observers may say this is a dumb, dumb thing for aliens to do. Well, basically, they all say the same thing in terms of procedures that are done to them. Uh, we used to concentrate on table procedures. Uh, they're put on a table, they, they, they are under control, they can't run, they can't scream, they can't swing, they can't kick. Right. Uh, they just, besides that, it's been going on all their lives and they know the routine. Uh, they're remote, close removed uh, in, a, in an, an anti-room if it's a large UFO or just a, if it's a small UFO just uh, in the one room that they have. And uh, they're placed on a table, and uh, sperm is taken from men, eggs are taken from women. Uh, there is a, a, a touching process, which appears to be some sort of an examination uh, of, the, of the person's uh, body. But it, 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 the examination, in my opinion, is a neurological examination. It's looking through the sympathetic and parasympathetic uh, nerve endings and all that, and the, the neurological system there. So they just have their favorite bulls and cows. Yeah, so they're just constantly pulling sperm and eggs. We will get to some additional work that is being done with abductees, though. So we're not there yet, but we'll, we'll find out some other things that are happening. Uh, but classic abduction story, they're masturbating all of the men and pulling eggs out of the women. 
what do you think would be high on the priority list for genetic material that the alien species is looking for? You know, that's a good question. I think maybe it's genetic diversity or because ultimately we are going to get to alien hybrids. Potentially there's something about certain people's genetic makeup that can mesh well with gray aliens. So that could be the answer as well. Well, I'm wondering if it's, if they're trying to breed for like docility or oh. something like that. They want people who are incredibly docile, who do what they're told, who, you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of thing. Like what, what kind of things are they looking for? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, it, it, he doesn't really answer that. Okay, keep going. One one thing he, he does mention, though, is that they do want their human hybrids to look as normal as possible. So it could just be just standard baseline normie features is what they're going for. They want they want human. Yeah, they want human. They don't want you to stand out. They don't yeah. want you to have like weird hair. They don't Probably want not to, a lot of gingers. Yeah, no, they want you to be redhead. They don't want you to be tall. They don't want you to be short. They want you to be completely average in every way. Right. All right. So they're taking sperm and eggs. Let's get a more a bit more into the genetic material aspect of this because that's a very important part of the story. And it usually involves sperm and eggs with the respect they, of sex. Yeah, uh, we've known this since the very very beginning of our knowledge of abductions in the Antonio Villaspoa's case. Uh, in Brazil of 1957, uh, the guy who was abducted uh, said that he was forced to have uh, sexual intercourse with a human-looking female, uh, um, and uh, he couldn't control himself. He just had to do that. Uh, and then she allegedly, I'm not sure of this, but she allegedly pointed to her body and then pointed up, and he said that he felt like he was being used as a stallion to improve their stock. Hmm. I didn't want to have sex with this beautiful woman. I was forced to, I swear. I just love that it was a human looking woman too, where it's like, maybe he just had sex with a woman. I don't know. <laughs> and I also love the self-importance of, I was there to improve their stock. I was a stallion. <laughs> I was a stallion. It's great. It's great. You gotta love it, man. A little cocky son of a bitch. So what do they do with that genetic material? Let's dive into that next. The thing is, is that uh, uh, baby um, uh, fetuses are then, after a while, are inserted into uh, women's uh, uteruses and in other parts of their, their uh, body there. Uh, uh, and, um, and then they're removed after about nine or 11 weeks when the, when the woman begins to sort of show, or, or even earlier if they're put in a slightly different position. And uh, then uh, uh, abductees see uh, babies floating or fetuses floating in uh, nutrient tanks. Then eventually they see them as babies, uh, and they have to hold the babies, and uh, they see them as toddlers. They have to play with the toddlers and deal with the toddlers. They see them as young children. The same thing applies there, playing with them. They see them as older children. They see them as, adult, as, as adolescents. They see them as young adults. They see them as adults. And they don't see them as older adults. That's an interesting idea that the aliens understand the importance of the connection to the parents. Yeah, the, the parent and then also more generally just other humans. I think right. it's like a human like clan type vibe where that's a big part of the reason why they are abducted so many times is because you have to interact with your hybrid or other hybrids more generally right well there's that study i think that they did back i think this may have been back in like the 16 1700s it was pretty early on we don't really do stuff like this but they like took a baby and made sure it had enough food and stuff but it didn't give it any touch and i'm pretty sure that the baby died oh god because like humans need some kind of physical touch. Yeah. That wouldn't so that, shock me. Wouldn't that shock is me. kind of strange. That's kind of a weird specificity that gives it that 
tasty little credence of maybe there's something here. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and all this is being found out through hypnosis as well. Right. Um, and the interesting thing is that most, they know that they're being abducted apparently over and over again, but they don't remember most of the events. Well, so what just... do you think let's take out the night terrors mm-hmm. aspect of this and let's take out the fact that this is actually happening right mm-hmm. that they're actually getting abducted what is this thing that is happening during hypnosis in the human mind this idea of abduction and seeing the offspring and stuff like that. What is manifesting here? So I can't speak to these individual cases that he's talking about. Cause like, I don't know the people or their, their history, but my, my guess would be that number one, we are dealing with people who are already kind of mentally ill um, and already paranoid, uh, potentially hearing or seeing things as well. And they are, they attach it to abductions as a potential reason why this stuff is happening to them. Right. And then you're interacting with this guy who's putting you under hypnosis and something that has been shown over and over and over again is that like psychiatrists um, and psychologists can insert thoughts into your brain. Right. Where they may not be doing it intentionally, but if they want to get something from you, you'll feed that back to them because they'll basically just train you to do it. It's the same thing that happened when people had multiple personality disorder back in like the 80s, where it was like, at first it was with Sybil and Sybil had like seven multiple personalities, right? And then suddenly we were finding people that had like 40 or 50 or 100 multiple personalities. Um, And it's like, no, they clearly don't. But the psychiatrist who's working with them wants this to be unpacked so then the patient continues to unpack it when you have all of these people who are going under hypnosis and they don't remember any of this and then you're asking all these types of questions he's probably leading them uh and it's probably getting to the point then where it's like oh my god i'm actually being abducted every single night and it's because he's taking them down that path with him that's my guess it's a little like munchausen syndrome and munchausen by proxy where you like make up diseases or ailments because it gives you attention Mm -hmm. and you feed off the the care people are showing you even when you're not ill or anything is wrong with you yeah and it may not even be fully conscious honestly like depending on their state of mind like it may not be conscious they may they may legitimately believe this and that's something that he uses as a proof point for these abductions is that uh, these people have no reason to come to me. Like they're they're professionals. They're like you know doctors and lawyers and all this stuff. Like people would think they're insane if they ever found out about this. And I'm like, yeah, they probably would. That doesn't prove that what's happening is real. It just proves that something may be wrong with them. You know, like lawyers and doctors are not immune to mental illness. Um, yeah, right, right. By any in means. fact, in fact, the pressure that many of them are under probably aids in mental illness Mm -hmm. and then you also have a high proportion of people because they have money have access to more stringent drugs yeah yeah exactly but none of that's true chris because this is all super real so you want to get into the hybrids absolutely all right so he gets into how there is kind of like a a gradient of hybrids where we're dealing with gray aliens here which is like the standard looking alien you know with the big head and big eyes and stuff and there are some hybrids that look more gray alien and just a little human and there's some hybrids who look almost entirely human and just a little gray alien there's some hybrids which are hubrids that look entirely human you can't even tell the difference and they are here on Earth right now with us, walking amongst us. Paul, it's kind of crazy because we as humans kind of did a, the same thing during, like, the colonial period in America. What do you mean? It was like how much white you had in you. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the racism that we made. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is, like, very hierarchical species just yes the alien racism it's fine uh but anyways so they're they're here on earth though chris so let's get to that 
All right, so yeah. it is it is your contention that these hybrids now walk among us. Right. Well, the point is that that soporific aspect of these uh, of the accounts is extremely important. In 2003, I began to hear something I never heard before. And that that's was? unusual. And what it was was a guy who uh, who I had uh, 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 talked with. I had four sessions with him. I think it was. His name was Bernard, and um, and he told me that uh, he had he had just remembered that he had a friend, and uh, this was a really good friend of his uh, named uh, Eric, and uh, Eric was it was a great friend of his. It was his best friend. And you know he just never remembered him before, but but yeah, Eric, yeah, and and he and he didn't know what Eric's last name was, and he didn't know where Eric's, where Eric was from, or whether he was married, or whether he worked, or anything like that. But he'd known Eric, and Eric was really a good friend of his. Um, we did a session on that, and uh, uh, he was. Uh, we did various sessions. He got on fishing trips with this guy. They've been to restaurants. They've been visiting here and there. They've been in other countries together. Okay, this is a kind of a crazy story. So the, it's going to turn out that Eric is a hybrid. Exactly. So the the idea here is that the gray aliens are placing hybrids on Earth and then using their abductees to train the hybrids on how to exist in society. So they're taking them to a baseball game or to the gas station or to the grocery store and showing them how to function. And that way the hybrids can blend in because they have to learn how to live on Earth. Didn't FX do a TV show about this? They were like Soviets, though. Well, there was the the TV show The Americans where they yeah. were. I guess it's a little similar, but they weren't using Americans to train. They were already trained on how to live in America. But yeah, right, right, right. It was like right. they were like sleeper agents. Yeah, but so, but that's kind of what they're doing, right? They're trying to make hybrids that can pass on Earth. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what they're 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 placing sleeper agents all over the world. Um, that can completely function in society. Why? That's a great question, Chris. That's a great question that we will get to at the end. Okay, perfect. Actually, I don't think we ever get to it because he doesn't have an answer. But uh, yeah, we'll do our best. <laughs> so these hybrids look just like normal people, and you literally can't tell the difference between a hybrid and a human. I call them hubrids. They are bred to look human, and not just human, but average human that will not stand out, that blends in, period. If they're too tall, not a chance of coming down here. If they got too big a nose, not going to happen. If their eyes are too big, nope. Uh, they have to look absolutely average. Normal. Now, here's the thing. All gray aliens and all hybrids and all hubrids and all other beings on board the object have one interesting trait. They can control people's minds neurologically mm -hmm. and make them do or think uh, uh, or see anything that they want them to do or see or uh, think or see. And we can't do that to them. That is an astoundingly huge difference. It is. It's a difference between species. It makes us a second-class species and them a first-class species. Well, that's a nice little trick. How do they? How are they able to do that? We don't know. We don't know. Um, but we do know that there is a way to stop them from controlling your mind. One of the gentlemen who worked with David created a special hat, Chris, that he lined with a special tape that he used to sell online. He no longer does. I'm not entirely certain if this individual is still alive or not, um, but it is essentially a tinfoil hat that will keep the aliens from being able to control your mind. We may have to buy a couple of those. I have a picture, Chris, that I can show you because um, I did find this gentleman online on some internet archives um, and it is a pretty interesting hat that he's wearing. All right, if you can see it. 
see this see this okay. little hat it's like a yeah. military style uh like aviator cap essentially with special tape inside to uh make sure that the uh the alien brain waves don't enter your head and that'll do it huh yeah that'll do it that'll stop it so that'll keep you that'll keep you safe i wonder what kind of technology that is it looks like electrical tape to me so i'm not entirely certain what's happening <laughs> and i this is where i almost feel bad because i'm like i don't think that these people are okay that's so funny to think about this guy sitting in his basement like putting electrical tape onto beanies <laughs> yeah this is definitely gonna work he was selling them online too people were buying them dude how much a piece i don't know how much they were he okay he had a website though um it was called stop alienabductions.com it's no longer active uh some people did post them with the uh with the hats on though they posted on social media when they got theirs so there's another image of a nice young lady who bought one uh she was an abductee so yeah so that happened that's what we're dealing with here keep going (laughs) So, uh, let's get more into the mind control stuff, because this is uh, a very interesting aspect of it for me. Uh, humans with the ability to control others' minds, are they aware of that ability? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, because they rely on abductees to teach them how to live in society. They rely on it, on them on board the object when they're young, and when they get ready to move into apartments, they rely on them to teach them how to furnish the apartment, to teach them how to go shopping, to teach them how to drive, to teach them about relationships, to teach them everything, everything. And so, and abductees do that, and then they forget immediately, just like an abduction, what has happened, and uh, and they're completely controlled. They can't, they can't say, I'll be back in a minute, just hang on there for a second, uh, and then come out of a closet carrying a nine millimeter Glock. They can't do that. It would be totally wild to raise multiple children to an almost adulthood and not have any recollection of it. And that's one of my giant issues with this, apart from the fact that this is all done under hypnosis and these all sound like fever dreams. So that makes me immediately skeptical. It's like, no, I was... One of the examples he gives is how someone was teaching an alien how to sit on a like couch because the alien thought they would fall through it. Um, these sound like fever dreams, so that's weird. Uh, but then also, this is an insane amount of missing time that people are experiencing, like getting abducted multiple times a week, raising children or going shopping. Like these are things that happen during the day. I'm just confused as to how people can miss this much time on a daily basis. You know what I mean? That that alien voodoo is strong. Apparently. Apparently, man. Uh, one of the people that actually visited him apparently said that she could control time because uh, she was running late for an appointment with him uh, and said that uh, when she got on the train, she rolled time back so that she would make it on time. Well, that was, that was a cool thing to do. It's a very impressive skill that the aliens gave her. What if, like, when you're wasting time, you know, you're just, like, totally checked out at work, for like two hours what if you're doing stuff during that time like this is when the aliens use you and then you just that, think that you were scrolling tiktok for an hour and really you were training exactly. a baby yeah exactly and that that's would... why the chinese are sending it to us because they're like the aliens need more humans to give up time and we're just sitting there scrolling for hours now mm-hmm because we got to be out doing alien errands. I never remember anything I watch on TikTok, so it's entirely possible. No one does, dude. I mean, shoot, Wikipedia is becoming that way. I'll read something on Wikipedia and I'll be like, what did I just read? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, Chris, Art has a big question here, and it's the fact that this actually sounds more like an invasion than anything else. So we not only have a master race, but we have... An invasion. Uh, And that's what it is, uh, Professor. Again, my word, it's an invasion. Well, I I, I use the word takeover, I use the word invasion. I I guess I I use those words in the book as well. Well, I mean, we have to immediately find these people, tie them to a tube before, put uh, kindling at their feet, and burn them. 
Well, that's one way of dealing with it. Now, the <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious, is, folks. Oh, I know, I know. I, so am I. But, um, but, but, the, but the problem is that, that since they can control other humans, if you come towards them with your rope and, and, and uh, you know, all you're going to do is say, oh, this is a really good person. I'll just, I'll just t- put this rope around myself and put some lighter fluid on it, and I'll just burn myself up. Art really was a showman. Yeah, yeah. That that his first idea is invasion. I didn't even really think about us getting invaded by these things. Yeah, that's basically what I mean. That's what it is, though, is that we have all of these hybrids who are walking around thinking control minds. They're setting up sleeper cells. It is kind of like the Americans where the Russians were, you know, in a Cold War and they were dropping off little Ruskies in America in case they needed to have them pop off. They're getting ready for a takeover, and it's slow, but it's coming. It's coming, dude. And what what year was this recorded in? This was recorded in 2015. Oh my god! So they've had almost a decade now to prepare. Well, and this has been going on. These productions go all the way back to like the 20s. He said, so it's been a century. Oh my god! Yeah, it's been a really long time of seeding hybrids on the planet. There could be millions of these hybrids. We, I, everyone could be a hybrid at this point. What if we're all just alien hybrids? I mean, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Now, here's the thing, Chris. I mentioned gray aliens, right? Yes. They're not actually calling the shots, though. There's another alien race calling the shots. There's a shot caller alien race who sits above the grays. Are they the reptilians? They're not, Chris. They're the insectoids. What? Uh, which means the ones who are calling the shots, who are in fact, and here comes controversy, the insect-looking ones. <sighs> I call them insectoids. They are the ones who are in control and calling the shots. They're the ones who, who tell other people what to do. They give orders. They don't take orders. This man is a professor of history at a legitimate university in the united states yes yeah which i'm beginning to think isn't that hard after listening to this guy and then professor courtney brown like should i become a professor i feel like i could do it maybe we should become <laughs> professors should we just start a university apparently the bar's really low it must be pretty low talking about insectoids so okay skeptical hat taken off mm-hmm it's the bugs that are running everything. The bugs are running all of this. And that's what he says, too, is that it seems like the time window here is really long, but the bugs may live a super long time. So to them, it may just feel like a couple of years. They can buy their time, plant a bunch of hybrids, and then when they're ready to take over, you know, hybrids do it. They're good. If they're like cicadas, they may hibernate for seven years. They could have been hibernating for the entire century. They kick off this whole show and then they go to sleep. They wake up. They're ready for the invasion. Right. Yeah. So there you go. That's kind of terrifying to think about. A little bit. Uh, and Chris, you did ask, why were they doing this? Yeah, why? All right. Um, I might as well stick my neck out and ask, uh, since you've determined all of this, have you determined uh, what their motivation is uh what they intend to do with these hubrids no how's that well it's we a good flat answer know, <laughs> right we don't know the motivation we in other words we don't know the ultimate why question why are now i'm i'm projecting this ahead i'm calling this global acquisition i hate to say it but i'm I, this is you have to remember this is a global phenomenon it's not happening if i found it in my corner of southeastern pennsylvania it's not possible that this is where they were setting down the first hubits hubrids to blend into the society it's just not possible if i found it here it's happening everywhere that's a fair point it's a fair point. It is a fair point. So we don't really have an answer. It's hard to know with bugs what their reasoning is, right? They live on a completely different moral scale than we do. 
Yeah, the insectolins. That is a difficult one to uh, try and wrap your head around for sure. Um, I'm kind of curious what the insectolins look like. He doesn't go into it. I listened to another interview with him uh, and he didn't go into it there either. I'm thinking it's like a mantis alien. Right. That's my guess. Because We've heard I, about the manti being. Yeah. yeah, so it could be a mantis creature, but I'm I'm not certain there. I don't know, man. This one was pretty wild. It was a little wild, Chris. So, I mean, on the scale of one to five uh, hubrids that you are having to train to uh, go to the grocery store and, and shop, uh, what do you give our boy David Jacobs? I'm going to give him like one and a half hubrids. I There were a couple of morsels to chew on, but most of it was just completely wild. I uh I I wasn't going to say too much about the hypnosis and stuff, but it's just not my cup of tea, not my favorite. And this really does sound like some people with mental illness and not or or like some Munchausen syndrome or something mm-hmm. like that than anything of of note. I did I do kind of like the idea of the aliens realizing that they can't really raise human hybrids. Mm-hmm. Like they need humans. That That's an interesting note to add to it. And I think probably one of the more fascinating ideas he came, came up with. Uh, but other than that, there wasn't, wasn't really a whole lot there for me to love. Yeah, I I um I think I'm with you there. I'm going to give him a 2 out of 5. So actually I'm going a little higher than you today. I think that I had a a fun time listening to this guy. I'll tell you that. I really I enjoyed the interview so much that I listened to another one cuz I was like this is completely insane. But I do think that it is just crazy. I don't think that any of this really makes sense. He's basing all this off of hypnosis with people that are saying things like I controlled time to get here. And that makes me start to question whether or not he is discerning with the individuals that he speaks with um, that may have some mental health problems. So I'm not totally buying that any of this is real, especially because it does sound so fantastical. I'm not a hundred percent against hypnosis in all abduction cases. Like if we're talking Whitley Strieber or if we're talking uh, Betty and Barney Hill, things like that, I'm open to having the discussion. But what he's talking about just sounds completely crazy. So, yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling on him. He's a pretty captivating speaker, though. That's the thing. He presents it in a fun way. And Art's here for it. <laughs> he's just talking nonsense. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, we're just completely surrounded by alien hybrids. Like, really? People are being abducted multiple times a week. Yeah. Come on. That's just wild. I'm sorry. It's just too wild for me. Yeah. Well, that will be our episode on the alien hybrid invasion, Chris. I hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with more. And if you want to support the show, once again, patreon.com slash coast to coast PM. You can sign up for two bucks a month. That'll be all. All conspiracy all the time. Later.